the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life that you were created for and then find it to the full. That's just what Jesus said in John 10.10. And today we continue in the series called Jesus Has Left the Building and Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus as today Pastor Sean talks about money problems what the Bible really says when it comes to money and being good stewards with what God has given you. Some good advice and wisdom on the way. This is Real Life Radio. The secret to winning the lottery is actually contentment. Hebrews 13, 5, keep your lives free from the love of money. Be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. 1 Timothy 6, beginning at verse 6, some teachers, false teachers were trying to tell them, well, godliness is a mean for great financial gain. And we've heard that one, haven't we? Oh, if you just trust God, you're going to be rich. Trust God and give your money to me. Yeah, well, Timothy, or Paul has something to say about that, Timothy. He says, godliness with contentment is great gain. He says, we brought nothing into the world, we can take nothing out of it. If we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Food and clothing. Wait a minute, where have I heard that before? Oh yeah, Jesus said that. Father knows what you need. He'll take care of you. If we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap, into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and have pierced themselves with many griefs. Beware wanting to get rich in the love of money. See, contentment simply says, I am full. I have enough. I can live simply because I've, I've had plenty. It's like the person who's eaten a great meal, pushes it back from the table, oh, I couldn't take another bite. I'm, it's perfect. I'm good. That's what contentment says. Contentment says, I have enough. It is a powerful thing. And the person who is content is the person who is already rich because they have enough, plenty. Philippians 4, the Apostle Paul gives us the actual secret to contentment. You're like, well, that sounds great, but Sean, I got to admit, I'm not feeling real content these days. Well, Paul tells us. He says, I'm not saying this, beginning at verse 11, Philippians 4, 11, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret to being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And here's the secret. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Let your character be free from the love of money, being content with what you have, because Father has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That's the secret. And it leads us to the second point that Jesus pointed out. God wants to be your provider. You remember what he said? You're, you have a heavenly father. You actually have a heavenly father. Do you believe that? Well, I'm talking to you guys like right here, okay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you have a heavenly father. He knows what you need. 
And you're like, I know he knows what I need, but what about my wants? Because I like them too. It's the wants that are the problem. I, I get it on the needs, but what about the wants? Well, yeah, you kind of got to talk to God about that. That's a talk for another time. Go back to the first point on contentment. We'll actually process that a little bit. He knows what you need. And Jesus promised this. Now, this is so you have to decide what you believe. He will provide what you need. He will actually provide what you need. Now, it doesn't mean you don't have to go to work. Not at all. It does not mean you don't have to go to work. But through whatever work God gives you and puts in your heart to do and work on and you do honorably, he will provide everything that you need. And you have to decide whether you trust him in that or not. I, I challenge you, you're, if you hate going to work every day, that is not God's design for you. He did not intend for you to hate going to work every day. I'm not saying you should quit your job, because maybe you're just approaching your job wrong. I don't know. That's between you and God. I just know he didn't create you to hate getting up and going to work every day. When you begin to understand, wait a minute, I have a father who loves me. He knows what I need, and he promised to provide what I need. If you, know, if you are in the wrong job and you're just doing it because, well, I, but I got to do it because I got to make money, I got to make money. Here's the good news. You're free. You don't have to do that. You can go do something that God has put into your heart that you can be good at, something that you can be effective at. And he promises he'll meet your needs. That's a powerful understanding. You are free. You are secure in him. You are free in him. Like I said, doesn't mean you don't have to work. The scripture says he who doesn't work should need. What it does mean is you don't have to take a job that you don't like, you don't believe in, you hate, you don't think God wants you doing for the money. You're free from that. You can now go and follow him and do what he's put in your heart to do. See, our father is trustworthy. God wants to be your provider, and we have to give a framework to see that. Now, this brings us to this point of faith versus fear, because if you don't, if faith, and these are the two approaches that really hit us when it comes to money, faith and fear. Sadly, most people in our culture, because we're so obsessed with money, approach money with fear rather than faith. We approach finances, material, provision, all this stuff with fear instead of faith. Fear can manifest a couple different ways. Fear can look like... The whole, you know, mo people are spenders or savers, right? In, in your marriage, you know who's which, okay? God help you if you have both of the same kind, okay? You, we need the, the balance, okay? Um, and, and by the way, both can be totally ordered by God. The savers are like, no, saving is more godly. Not necessarily. Saving is really good and godly when you have a proper perspective on money and you, when you have an open hand. Spending can be very good and godly when you're content and you, if you're not spending to kind of meet needs and acquire more of this kind of obsession. But either of those tendencies, the conservative or the more open-handed, either of them can be twisted with fear and become a problem. We have to buy this because if we don't, what? We can't spend that because if we do, what? It's fear that leads to either I must have it or fear that says I must keep it. But it's fear. And Jesus is saying, you don't have to be afraid. You have a father who loves you, promises to provide for you and care for you. Do you believe that? Money problems aren't money problems, folks. Money problems are heart problems. And last, 
and this is important, and I want you to grab this. Fixing my money problems begins with fixing my heart problem. If it's true, money problems aren't money problems, they're heart problems, then fixing my money problems begins by fixing my heart problem. I don't care what the money problem is. Debt, workaholism, greed, whatever it is, it begins by fixing the heart problem. Luke 12, 34, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That is such a powerful scripture. I've taught you this before. For those of you who haven't heard that, you, ordinarily I would have said, where my heart is, that's where my treasure will be, right? That's the way we would say that ordinarily. But that's not what he said. He said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. In other words, you can direct your heart. You can actually train your heart by putting your treasure there. And at first, it might hurt like crazy. Because what he said, Luke 12, 21, this is how it will be for anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich toward God. God wants to set you free of the heart things that are destroying people or hurting people. And he has built into the fiber of this relationship that's walking with him from the very beginning a regular discipline, heart discipline, that can take, use your resources Put your heart in the right place. Put your heart under the covenant in the canopy of God's blessing. We use the word, it's a biblical word, it's called the tithe. You've heard the phrase. Some of you, maybe, maybe you haven't heard the phrase. This idea of a tithe. The idea means a tenth. From the very beginning, God's people were called and told, everything is God's, but a tenth is holy to him, and he wants you to give that back. The rest is yours to use as you see fit. Tithe, what the tithe is not, it's not tipping God. It's not a legalistic remnant of the law. It's not the invention of some preacher to keep the lights on. The tithe is a biblical financial covenant of provision between God and his people. We first see it right after the Garden of Eden. We then see it practiced by Abraham long before the law. Some people say the tithe was the law. No, it wasn't. Genesis 14. Abraham tithe. It was taught by Moses in the law. It was practiced and encouraged by Jesus and his disciples. And it was taught to the church by the Apostle Paul. The tithe, which, like I said, means a tenth, is a financial acknowledgement that everything we have comes from God and rightfully belongs to him. It's the giving back of a tenth. And in, in that giving, it's the declaration that we trust God to meet our needs better with the remaining 90% than we could do on our own with 100%. It's a covenant. It is a regular heart discipline. That's what's so beautiful about this concept. And it was designed from the very beginning. It's a regular heart discipline that protects us from the greed and the idolatry of materialism, as well as declares our trust in the Lord as our provider. We want to take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Real Life Radio, a service of River City Community Church, right here in San Antonio, Texas, in this series called Jesus Has Left the Building and Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus. In fact, you can find this whole series as a free download on the sermons link at reallife.org. And some very exciting news at River City Community Church as it continues to grow and serve the community. Here's a special invitation from Pastor Sean. Hi, this is Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church. I want to take just a moment and invite you to experience Saturday nights at River City. This new 5 p.m. service beginning on February 1st will be an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights all designed to explore the real life that God designed us for. 
In fact, beginning in February, in all our weekend services, I'll be sharing a new series called Help My Family is Weird. Now, it doesn't get more real life than that, does it? We're going to take an honest and sometimes humorous look at what the Bible says about family life and see that while it can sometimes be weird, it can also be a great gift when we follow God's design. River City is located on Lookout Road right across from Atama Park with entrances on both Lookout and Evans Road. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is called reallife.org. To find out more about Saturday nights or our Sunday services, go to reallife.org. We hope to see you soon on the road to real life. Welcome back as we return to this message called Jesus on Money. This is Real Life Radio. Leviticus 27.30 says, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil, fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Some people try to dismiss the tithe, say it was just part of the law. No, it was before the law. Some say, well, it isn't mentioned in the New Testament. Yeah, Matthew 23, 23, Jesus says you should tithe without missing the hard issues of the law. Understand, Jesus and all his disciples actually tithed. 1 Corinthians 16, 2, the Apostle Paul, talking to a group of Gentiles, he doesn't actually use the word tithe, but listen to what he says. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up, so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Every single Jew listening knew what he was talking about. Oh, that's the tithe. Now, the question is, what happens when we tithe? Great passage in Malachi chapter 3, beginning at verse 8. It says, will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you in tithes and offerings? By the way, the idea of a tithe is 10%. It goes to your storehouse, according to the scripture we're going to read. That is the fellowship or the Christian ministry that you are part of. If you are part of this church, your tithes should go to this church. If you're not a part of this church, your tithes should go to whatever church you're a part of. That's how that works. Offerings are something separate. It's, the remaining, it's out of the remaining 90%. We just took up an offering or we, asked, we presented an offering for the people in the Philippines. The tithe is to be given by the people of God to the ministry where you are to support the work and the outreach to the community that that ministry is. How, have you, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings, says the Lord. You're under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you're robbing me. And he says this, bring the whole tithe in the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. Very significant phrase, by the way. Test me in this. Remember in Matthew 4, Jesus quoted Deuteronomy, said you shouldn't put the Lord your God to the test. This is a biblically sanctioned exception. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. See if I'll not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, you'll not have room enough for it. I'll prevent pests from devouring your crops and the, and the, vines, in, and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Test me in this. See, the whole point of the tithe, and some people get all weird, oh, dude, that's a lot of money, I can't do that. The point of the tithe is, tithe is blessing. The very heart of the tithe is God wants to bless. And here's the idea. You have to decide if you believe God can bless you more with not the 90% than you could do on your own with the 100%. And that is, that is fundamentally a faith deal. Because, you know, you're also going, okay, 100% is always more than 90, right? So how can we get more out of 90 than 100 because God is involved. I used the illustration of the tag team wrestling a couple weeks ago, right? So, you know, when we say I'm going to honor God and recognize that it's all his and that 10% is holy to him by tithing, I am saying, God, I want to put my whole financial thing 
under your care. And I want my heart to be trained. I, I get paid a couple times a month. Lord, every time I want my heart to be trained. The whole point of the tithe is blessing. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Do you believe God can do that? Do you believe God wants to do that? Or do you think God is stingy and wants to take from you? You've got to decide. Now, you go, okay, if it's such a thing, a blessing, why would people try to negate it? Why would people try to say, oh, it's Old Testament, or oh, it's not for us, or... It, People who can't fathom giving away 10% of their income to God's purposes are people who have no clue that 100% of their wealth and their ability to earn it came from God. 100% of their wealth and their ability to earn it came from Father. I came in with nothing, I'm going to leave with nothing. Everything I get is a loan. The abilities I have, the relationships I have, they're all a gift from God. It's like the little kid who dad gives 50 bucks to buy Christmas gifts, and then the kid doesn't want to buy dad a gift because he won't have any left over at the end. It's exactly what it's like. You dad, you know what that's like. I hear people say, I can't, I, I can't afford to tithe. And I, and I know, I, I understand there are people who are stretched tight. I just want to say to you, God's desire is not that you always be stretched, and that you always be broke. But I do want to challenge you. Faith means stepping out. The secret is found in that Proverbs verse. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Do you notice it didn't say with the leftovers? Very powerful reality right there, because of course you can afford to tithe if you do it first. Yeah, but what about my mortgage? What about the electric bill? What about credit cards? What about my car payment? What about all that stuff? I know. I know. It is not easy to take a heart that has been conditioned to spend everything it makes on me, on myself, plus 10% that I can get on credit. It is not easy to retrain that heart. I never promised it would be easy. What I'm telling you is God wants to do something miraculous and he has a gift for you. And in that training of your heart, at first it can be very difficult. We can all afford to tithe. It's a percentage of our income. The secret is to tithe out of the first fruits, not the leftovers. And see what God does. I've issued, every time I talk about this, I issue the challenge, and I've never had someone come back and go, wow, that was terrible. I am now broke. Try it for three months. Really, three months. Try it. See what God does. And, and don't do it out of some religious, oh, I'm, you know, I've got to do it because I don't want to go to hell. Okay, please, please. That's not what we're talking about. We are talking about God wanting to bless you, wanting to break you out of the thing that is killing our whole culture, this money thing that is crushing us. You want to be set free? I challenge you, start having that regular heart check. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And at first it's going to hurt because your heart's not there. If you're not tithing, if you're not giving, if you're not open-handed towards God, I want to challenge you. Your heart isn't there, and the first few times are going to hurt. It's going to feel like jumping off a cliff. Okay, God, I guess you want me to die. I'm dead now. Okay, fine, take it off. Whatever. And this way it's going to feel. But when all of a sudden you see God takes care of you through that, two weeks and then the next two weeks you tithe again and he takes care of you and a couple things happen you're like that's kind of weird because we had enough and also i was able to give to that friend who's going on a mission trip with that lady up the street who needed some groceries i was able to i had a little extra and you're going to start seeing god and then you're going to become fired up there are people in this room who if i let them come up and talk about the time they'd never shut up you think i won't shut up they would never shut up 
because they've seen what God does. And they're fans. They are raving fans. I hope when you talk about this in your small groups, you have a couple raving fans in there. Ask them. Because they'll tell you. Now, the Bible gives us a passage, and I just want to read this passage in closing because there's some blanks in your, in your notes. I want you to fill these out because this is almost like a little outline of, okay, how do I start doing this? How do I take that step? Here's how, okay? Gives you some very specific kind of biblical teaching that will be very helpful. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm going to begin reading at verse 6. Here's what it says. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he's decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who is supplied... He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. I challenge you to believe that scripture for 90 days. Try it. Try tithing. Five things I think that that passage tells us that can be very practical for you, so I want to just write these five words down. The first is remember. Remember. In other words, remember, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. It's a law of nature, and God is created in the context of our finances towards him. Remember, the second word is decide. Each man should decide in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Decide to say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you in this. Let's do this. Let's, tr- let's take this leap of faith and see what happens. The third is trust. Now, this is a big one, because if you don't do this one, none of this is going to make sense. Verse 8, God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that all things, all times, having all you need, you'll abound in every good work. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed, enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be made rich in every way so you can be generous on every occasion. Do you trust him enough to actually say, okay, I... Yeah, it says it's plain word of God. I'm going to do it. See what God does. The fourth word is sow. In other words, sow a seed. Sow a seed. I'm not promising that you're going to be rich. I'm not promising you give $1 to this ministry, you'll get 20 back. I'm not saying that, okay? And if I did, I wouldn't say it with a southern voice like that. Uh, That's more my ADD popping up right now. What I am saying is you give according to the word of God. And he'll do more with the 90 than you could do with the 100. And he will bless you abundantly, no matter how much or how little you have in the bank. Remember what Paul said? I've learned the secret of having a lot, and I've had a little bit. I've always been content, always been blessed, because I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So, so, and the last is reap. It's okay to say, God, I'm looking now for you to meet my needs. The script, you, you, you sometimes go, oh, but that's selfish. I shouldn't think like that. Wrong. God wants you to trust him like a father. So you should then, when you obey him, you should expect him to honor that with his blessing. And it can come in crazy different ways. I told the first service, Lori and I have been tithing since the day we got married, trusting the Lord in that. And we've never really had the miracle check come through, although I check every time I go to the mailbox. 
Lori, I'll get the mail. Miracle check? No. Some miracle bills, though. <laughs> oh, nice. Thanks. Thanks, honey. Yeah. I, I really, I, I really, this is something that is very urgent to me because I see so many people totally being derailed and obsessed by money problems. I see marriages broken up by money problems. And I fundamentally believe God has given us a way to break the, the bondage that materialism and improper perspectives of money have on us. And I believe the tithe and then offerings are the way to do that. Okay? And you could say, oh, Sean, I think you're crazy, whatever, whatever. Okay. But just know I'm quoting the Scripture, the Word of God. And you've got to decide what you believe about that. My desire is that we would find abundant real life in every area. And one of the areas that is crippling people is finances. And that's why Jesus talked about it so much. And he talked about it so radically. He wants to do heart surgery. He wants to set us free. Thank you, Pastor Sean. You've been listening to Real Life Radio. As next week, we'll continue this series called Jesus Has Left the Building and Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus as it's available right now as a free download when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. We invite you to do more than just hear, but see and do when you join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. You can see all the details, directions, and service times also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Hi, this is Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church. I want to take just a moment and invite you to experience Saturday nights at River City. This new 5 p.m. service beginning on February 1st will be an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights all designed to explore the real life that God designed us for. In fact, beginning in February, in all our weekend services, I'll be sharing a new series called Help My Family is Weird. Now, it doesn't get more real life than that, does it? We're going to take an honest and sometimes humorous look at what the Bible says about family life and see that while it can sometimes be weird, it can also be a great gift when we follow God's design. River City is located on Lookout Road right across from Atama Park with entrances on both Lookout and Evans Road. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is called reallife.org. To find out more about Saturday nights or our Sunday services, go to reallife.org. We hope to see you soon on the road to real life. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.